The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia, Minutia Men, Men with Rick and Dave. That's Rick Kemper and Dave Stern. We are the Minutia Men. We are by day publishers of Eckhart's Press and Chicago Author Solutions, but really are we're enthusiasts who follow the fine art of nothing. Another word for that, I guess, would be minutia, right? The fine art of nothing. That was your <laughs> that was your seventh album, wasn't it? I, I kind of like that. I may have to use that as a title yeah. for something else. Um, like a really short book of poems. Yes, the fine art of nothing. Oh my! Hey, did you read? Did you read Kempfer's? Oh my God, it was so deep. Yeah, I know. I feel like you should be snapping your fingers when you read it. Um, so anyway, we are here to provide you with minutia. And before we do, uh, we must check in and Dave make sure that everything is okay with both of his nostrils this week and see if, uh, in fact, he has them both working. Okay. Dave? Well, as you know, uh, things have not been good with both my nostrils since like 1972. So that hurt. That really hurt. Uh, the, um, we'll do the nostril check right now and I'm going to kind of tell you what has happened through the week, um, okay. as well, because what I did is I charted throughout the week. <laughs> you how- did not. I did. I did. Uh, so right now, my nostril that's working is is left. Lefty's working. Now, Which it is every week. As yes, I pointed out last week, Dave yeah, thinks that it, he has like a, 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 uh, a rotating bad nostril. But actually, it's the same one every time. Okay, it's the same one when we record the show. Yeah. But it changes throughout the throughout the week. Like yesterday, uh-huh. it was the right nostril at around three o'clock in the afternoon. Now I don't I'm not constantly checking, so I have to remember to check. Uh or I can create an app, I guess. But I'm not gonna do that because that's ridiculous. Uh but yesterday it was the right nostril was working. Yeah, um on Monday, the left nostril was working basically all like all morning and then it switched to the right again in the afternoon. So I researched this. Am I crazy? <laughs> you did not research yeah, this. Yeah, I did research this. Okay. And, and um, well, you should know this because you went to med school. Oh. Uh, there's a thing called the inferior turbinates. Okay. And what that is, is like they're, they're little filters in the bottom of your nostrils or in your nose, like in the nasal cavity. Not, um, and what they do is they fill up with air. And when people that are suffering from a deviated <laughs> septum, okay, uh-huh. the, when one of them fills up, your body has to compensate, so it switches to the other nostril. So about every four hours, my nostrils change. And it just so happens that probably we tape the show at about the same time every week that my nostrils are, I mean, it's a cycle. There's 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. There's four-hour periods, six times. So it, we're just in a cycle. It's like the, like a cicada. It's like a moon beam or whatever, or a moon cycle. Well, then I guess we should stop checking your uh, nostrils every week because it'll be the same every week during this time. Exactly. Right. So this So this, this is officially the last time we're checking your nostrils. Right. This is a really funny bit that we're going to retire. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So, it's all over. But yeah, uh, people I, who tune in for minutia could not have asked for more minutia than they just got in the first four minutes of this program. Right. No, I bet no podcast ever has mentioned inferior turbinates. And that's what people pay the extra money for to come in to listen to us at RadioMisfits.com. Um, speaking more of uh, uh, minutia, 
um, I read a uh, article and I sent this to you. I don't know if you read it or not. Um, monkeys rip up voter lists in Thailand. Okay. Yeah, I saw the headline, <clears throat> and it sounds to me like one of those uh, dog ate my uh, homework kind of right. thing. Well, two things that are funny about this, I think, is that when I originally wrote this, or wrote this, I didn't write it. When I actually read this headline, I immediately did not think of the primate monkeys. I thought of the rock band. Oh, monkeys. yeah, yeah. You're, uh, you're, uh, Mickey Dolan's. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and Mike Nesmith. I almost who, said Davy Jones, but he's dead. Rest in yeah. peace, little Davy. Uh, well, don't you have, you bet? I've Davey met Jones. every one of the monkeys. Uh, who was your favorite monkey? Um, I would say my least favorite was Davy. Rest in peace. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, one, he was. I thought he was kind of a little snot. But number two, he just never shut up. He 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 just never shut up. He was the worst radio guest ever, by far, the worst. Um, but I'm going to say uh, my favorite monkey is Mickey. Uh, yeah. Uh, did he did he run for office or something? I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I met him at a uh, bookstore in. Uh, in Northbrook, just by chance. I was there for something else. Uh, he was doing a signing. It was one of those book signings. You know, we, we tell our authors, by the way, at Eckhart's Press, uh, that when you do a book signing, it's not a guaranteed audience. <laughs> I've been yeah. to so many of these things when nobody shows up. Right. And there are right. times when you could go to like somebody like Mickey Dolenz, who was at a Borders or something, and nobody was there for him. He's Mickey Dolenz. Right, right, He's right. tearing up uh, stuff in Thailand right now. Yeah, uh, right. If Mickey Dolenz doesn't draw, Dave Stern, the Balding Handbook, really isn't going to be drawing. Yeah, exactly. Know? So anyway, uh, tell me more about this story about the so monkeys. So these monkeys ended up, this is um, in Thailand, and there was a vote. There, there was uh, the government vote, you know, an election is, I think, what they call it. And um, it was oh, it was a national vote on a new constitution. And then when a hundred pigtailed macacus, macacus, macacas, is, is that what they're called? Maca monkeys. When a hundred pigtailed monkeys reportedly stormed into a voting station and destroyed a section of the voter rolls and other documents. Now, here's a concerning word. Reportedly. Right. <laughs> well, and and you know, <laughs> let's be honest. If you're if you're a uh, roving monkey or marauding monkey, do you really go for like pieces of paper to tear up? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and what do you? What are the things that attract you? Like, I I was in South Africa one time at a safari in a, like a national uh, reserve, wildlife reserve, and there was a restaurant in the middle of this safari. And they were t you. They would tell you, "Be careful! The monkeys will steal your food." And it was true. If you were sitting there and were not paying attention, now they didn't come and like get right in your face. But if you turned your face and, and weren't looking at your food for a second, they would jump out of the trees and onto the tables and steal your food so from the restaurant. You, did you eat like you were in prison? Yes, I did. Like, I did. Uh, and by the way, I remember I ordered a hamburger. And here's another uh, a tip for travelers heading to South Africa. Never order a hamburger because they don't even know what that means, really. It looks like a hamburger, and I guess it was a slice of some sort of a meat between two pieces of bread. 
but it was god awful. I almost really? let the monkeys have it. It was that bad. I, 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 I've heard that before. That South Africa has lousy food. They do, but it, you, if you order stuff like the uh, the antelope, it's delicious. <laughs> All the endangered species is great there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, you know, uh, uh, to, to sum up this. This little piece of minutia. Uh-huh. First of all, I think this is all bull crap. I do too. Because, yeah, because there's no iPhone, you know, footage of it. I mean, you can't get away with anything right now. Yeah. Um, but I love the fact that whoever, possibly some guy, maybe named Jenkins, um, <laughs> lost all the voter lists, and he's just going, "Shit, what am I going to do?" So he makes up this great story and. You know, the first thing I tell my kids, which <laughs> is great parenting, if you're gonna lie, go big. Exactly. I mean, just yeah, just you know, if just just go for the moon because people are gonna go. Well, that's got to be true because it's so ridiculous. I think that some guy named Jenkins in in Thailand basically made this up because. All right. Well, you're you're gonna ask me to play the the audio, and I'm going to. When you're on okay, the job right. and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins! With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! Okay, that was, uh, a, a, yeah, a, a, a nice little uh, Jenkins story. And we uh, occasionally uh, feature those here at Minutia Men. You can listen, subscribe, and rate to Minutia Men on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Just search for Radio Misfits. And when you subscribe, which is really the way we recommend it, uh, it'll come right to you. You don't have to go searching us out. It's like, it's like getting the Steak and Shake free fries at your birthday every, every year. It's it's just a nice surprise. And, you know, speaking of nice surprises, I've got something for you. This came in the mail to me today, and I have to share it with you. And, I, and this is totally just bragging. I'm just totally bragging right here. But this is uh, not bragging about me. It's bragging about my son. I got a letter from an address. I'm going to read it to you. And you try to figure out what the address is, okay? Mm-hmm. It's 3339 Massachusetts Avenue, Northwest, Washington, D.C., 20008. Who sent a letter to my son from that address? All right, it's Washington, D.C., right? Washington, D.C. Think What's big. It's, Think it's not big. Pennsylvania. It's not Pennsylvania, right? No. What was it? Uh, right, Massachusetts so, Avenue. Okay, so it's not the president, obviously. Um, it's Paul bigger. Wright. It's bigger than the president. Bigger than the president? Um, Bernie Sanders? <laughs> oh, my God. Are you uh, one of those guys that just stormed out? <laughs> yeah, right. 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 No, the even the bigger than Bernie Sanders. From Washington. Um, Ber- uh I, I, who's bigger than Bernie Sanders and the president? Um, Paul Ryan. Who's, who's the biggest? Number one in the whole world. The most famous person in the entire world. The highest ranking person in the world. The highest ranking person? Yep. Like a- yep, yep. Like he outranks everybody. God? Close. You're on the right track. How about his representative here on Earth? Well, it's not I, I'm, flap, I'm flapping his picture. Hear that? 
I'm uh, flapping his picture right by the microphone. Does that help? So he sent you a picture. Yeah. And a letter. That's kind of arrogant. Here's a picture of me. This guy's allowed to be arrogant. Uh, it's the Pope. Pope. Pope Francis. His Holiness, Pope Francis, has sent a, a letter here to my son Johnny, and I'll read it to you. His Holiness, Pope Francis, as an expression of esteem for John Kempfer, a member of Boy Scouts of America, extends prayerful good wishes on the occasion of attaining the rank of Eagle Scout. Pope Francis just sent Johnny a letter. I mean, that is awesome. I mean, that really is very cool. It uh, is cool. And Johnny will find out about this in about three weeks when he comes home from scout camp because <laughs> he doesn't know anything about it yet. If, if he's like, if Johnny's like me, whenever you get a letter of something like congratulations or a card or whatever, I go straight to see how much money's in it. Yeah, there's no money right. in it. But uh, as far as a letter from the Catholic Church goes, this is the first one I've ever received that does not ask for money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's that. Uh, you know, Lila, my daughter, you know, Lila, sure. just just had her bat mitzvah. When she was um, in preschool, we went to St. Fighters for the pre- for preschool. Right. Uh, and boy, you people know a thing or two about fundraising. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Uh, but uh, the funny thing is, so we did we had an, we had raffles every month, I think. Was it like every month you guys do some sort of raffle or something I, or I, whatever? I, I'm sure, yes. And we were the only uh, Jewish family in the, you know, in the preschool. Uh, and we won the raffle three times in a row. Boom! Yeah! <laughs> what are you saying? You saying yeah, there was some divine intervention there? Right, or? I'm, I'm saying maybe you people backed the wrong horse. <laughs> I'm just saying. We have the same horse. Okay. All right. Well, okay. The maybe you shouldn't have, maybe you should have st- st- stuck with the original and didn't do a sequel. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Okay. Fine. Fine. Uh, be that way. All right, so you have some more. Uh, you have some more minutia for us this week. Uh, we do, uh, Rick. Um, l- let's do white supremacist twenty thousand dollar pyramid. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be Dick Clark, and I'm gonna point to you white supremacists or neo Nazis. I need you to everything that you think of when you say or when I say neo Nazis, go. Uh, skinheads. Good. Brown shirts. Okay. Tattoos. Good. Think uh, food. Food. Uh, food. food. Think food. food. Uh, uh, beer. Push. Beer. Good. Uh, 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 what do, uh, what do Nazis eat? German. Uh, schnitzels. Uh, um, um, uh, cylindrical. Cylindrical. Vorst. You know what? I'm giving it to you. Sausage wielding gang attacks vegan cafe. Okay, <laughs> and this is the in the country of Georgia, the uh, former Soviet. Republic or former Soviet satellite? What? what okay, let me just say one thing about the country of Georgia. Okay. Apparently, the country of Georgia is so uniform in their uh, in their ethnicity yeah. and in their religion that the Nazis there cannot target anyone except vegans. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right, right. Who can we hate? Exactly. That's a little you got to hate someone. We got to blame someone. You got to hate somebody. Right. Everyone's exactly like me. Everyone's yeah. got the same religion as me. So what do I do? Yeah. The yeah. people that I'm, don't eat meat, I hate them. Yeah. yeah. Great one, Klaus. <laughs> uh, hey, they're so, Georgian. Yes. They're not German. Okay, I guess that's true. Okay, Ivan. Okay, that's better. 
the owners of a vegan cafe in the country of Georgia say a group of neo-Nazis started throwing grilled meat at patrons. <laughs> it happened over the weekend at the Kiwi Cafe in the capital of Tbilisi. Uh, the cafe was holding an English language movie screening when the group came in and started the violence. Now, here's a question that the Internet didn't answer. What was the movie that was being shown? So maybe it's not the Nazis, the neo-Nazis. Maybe they were pissed at the movie. Yeah, and they just happened to be carrying a truckload of meat with them. <laughs> right. Pretty yeah. much. Yes. <laughs> okay. It could happen. Uh-huh. Uh, so these neo-Nazis pulled out grilled meat, sausages, fish, so I guess it's not just all sausages, and started eating them and then throwing them at customers. See, now, now with the fish... It just shows you you couldn't go to like a regular uh, vegetarian restaurant because some vegetarians accept fish as uh, acceptable. That's why they had to go vegan. Right. They they had a, they had to commit to the shtick. Exactly. Is what they did. So and you know what? Here's a question: They started eating them and then throwing them. So what are they eating it, chewing it, regurgitating it, and then throwing it back? <laughs> I don't know, but I I can this guess. This is the worst written. <laughs> this is the worst written article that I've ever read. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the owners, the owners tried it's to get the, the fog of war yeah. between the vegans and the, the vegans and the uh, the meat eaters. Yeah, right. The 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 the, the war correspondent, which is yeah, right, in, exactly. In Dodging sausages and right. what right. have you. Uh, who is the famous? I got I got a fish bone in my eye. <laughs> Audrey Murphy wasn't he? Was no, he was not the photographer. Who was the famous? World War II for oh, Ernie Pyle. Yes, that's it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so here's another funny part of this is that evidently the neighbors are pissed that a vegan establishment has was opened up on this street for the reason, again, shoddy journalism. I don't know why. But these obvious meat eaters are just offended that this vegan cafe is open. Uh, and the neighbors started in and started fighting with the owners after the neo-Nazis are throwing sausages at everybody. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Ne neo-Nazis, fine. Vegans? Yeah. Crossing yeah. the line. Right, right. Uh, I, one good part about this is it, it looks like the Nazis are going with a lower grade of weapons right now. Yeah. Yeah. These are pretty soft Nazis. Right. Which is fine. Yeah. I mean, it's a good you know, trend. Yeah, yeah, I'll take a Thuringer in the eye. Exactly. So, yeah. so that is my little Nazi minutia today. Well, that's good. I really appreciate that. It's time now for our regular feature, Just One Bad Century. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. So uh, tomorrow, uh, the day, actually Thursday, the day that this is dropping is my birthday. And I'm 37 years old this year. <laughs> uh are you, I, we all know that you're 53, yeah. if anybody didn't know. Now, are you technically in your mid-50s? No, I don't think so. I think 55 is mid-50s. Uh, I think, uh, so you're early 50s. Yeah, I still say early 50s. I'm in my early, that really sounds old, doesn't it, when you say it out loud like yeah, that? Yeah, right. Well, next year, definitely you're mid-50. 54 is not early 50s. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All, All right. right. So but anyway, it's my birthday. I'm going to the Cubs game with Dane. Are you coming? Uh, I, you know what? I haven't asked Michelle yet. Not the, I, I mean, I own it. I owe the, I, you know, I wear the pants of this family, <laughs> but, but tell I, her it's my birthday. I know that she appreciates that you go the extra mile for my birthdays. Um, 
Dane, uh, Dane Ewan, who's the fourth? I don't know. Whoever Dane brings, one of his other friends. I think he has other friends. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think? Well, if at least for this game, he's got Cubs tickets. You can entice yeah. friends with those. Uh, yes, I think I will go. And who are they playing? Uh, uh, they are playing the White Sox. Really? Yes. And it could be a sweep, couldn't it? <laughs> it could be. Wow. Do you really want me to be there in case there's a sweep? I'm willing to take that chance. Uh, but anyway, so the reason I bring this up is because on my birthday back in 1977, uh, one of the most exciting games in Cubs history. Now, I grant you that that's not saying too much. Yeah, yeah. But on this day in 1977, the Cubs played against the Reds. It was a 13-inning game, and it was one of the strangest games in Wrigley Field history. The game featured five homers in the first inning. It's a lot. By uh, both teams or by one team? By uh, both teams. Bill okay. Buckner and George Mitterwald hit, ones, hit homers for the Cubs. Uh, then later, Jerry Morales and Bobby Mercer. Remember those guys? Yeah. And, and the Reds, Pete Rose, Johnny Bench, Ken Griffey, Cesar Geronimo, and Mike Lum homered. The Cubs were down 6 to nothing and came back. They were down 10 to 7 and came back. They were down 14 to 10 and came back. And they ended up winning the game 16 to 15. And at the end of the game, and this is what I remember watching the game uh, the day it came out was uh, the Cubs ran out of players, and they had Jose Cardinal. Remember Jose? Sure. He had to play sure. second base uh, because they ran out of players. He was an outfielder. He had never played second base before. And they also had Bobby Mercer, who was also an outfielder. They had him playing shortstop because they had run out of players that could play the infield because their infielders were all terrible hitters. So they had been removed for pinch hitters. How many... Innings was it? Fourteen. Uh, they won it in the third bottom of the thirteenth. So that game must have been what five hours long. Could have been. Could have been. Uh, were you at the game, or you're just watching? No, I just watched it on TV. WGN. I learned all about Danley Garages, and I watched uh, Bobby Mercer hit one of his very rare Chicago Cubs home runs. Um, so you're a four. So this is your fourteenth birthday. Fourteenth okay. birthday. Yep time of your life right you're young yep you've yep. got you've got your whole life ahead of you it's your birthday <laughs> you know uh you know don't do you, you know right i mean you you got you got this this youthful testosterone yeah that it, maybe you know you didn't have a date uh no no i think i'm pretty certain that i had a girl had not kissed me yet <laughs> uh, so you're spending the, your day watching the cubs on a beautiful Summer afternoon on your birthday. <laughs> By myself on a black and white TV <laughs> in my parents' basement. Right. Wow. That isn't pathetic. Oh, my but God. You know I remember it as such like a wonderful day. But now that you're pointing it out to me, that is kind of pathetic, isn't it? A little bit. A little bit. Uh, uh, well, happy birthday if I don't get a chance to. Well, I will if I'm going with you to the ball game. All right. Well, thank you very much. It's time for our hey, final. Uh, I, I didn't want to get. To, I didn't want to delve into too. Much. I looked at. I looked at all the Cubs that shared birthdays with me. I wanted to tell you a great story about one of the Cubs that shared birthdays with me. But only one Cub in all of history was born on July 28th, and it was Carmelo Martinez. And I really got no Carmelo Martinez stories for you. Yeah. Except uh, that he played for the 84 Padres that beat the Cubs 
in dramatic, horrible fashion in the playoffs. Um, well, you may not have a story about him, but if you want war stories, uh, live from New York, it's comedians telling effed up stories. It's called War Stories, and it's another podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. It's hosted by Richie Redding. Rick? I know. I know. So, it's a uh, great show. Pretty good segue there, story. That was. That was very impressive. I, I, you <laughs> slipped that right in there. almost sounded conversational. <laughs> okay. It's time now for our final feature, which would be Celebrity Potpourri. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So every week uh, we dip into the bowl of celebrity names. Uh, I have written down the name of every celebrity I've met over the years uh, in my job as a radio producer for Stephen Gary and for John Records Landecker and for other shows. And Dave likes hearing these stories, so he pulls out a name and makes me tell the story. Um, I, we were talking about Nazis earlier, right? Which yeah. I think we do pretty much every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and this guy, I, I don't know what the quote was, uh, but it's Mel Brooks. But I, Mel Brooks said something to the fact of, I can't do anything about the Holocaust. The only thing I could do is make fun of Nazis to get back at them. Isn't that something like what it was? Yeah, kind something of like quote. that. Yeah. He was once asked, uh, when did he decide that Nazis were funny? Mm. And he said, the first time I saw their helmets. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, Mel Brooks is one of my comedy heroes. He's actually one of my heroes in general. He's like the funniest uh, human that ever lived. Yeah. Uh, but, he, but he's right, the helmets, and then you throw in a couple of small mustaches, and you've got comedy gold. You know, I was actually, this isn't the story I was going to tell about Mel Brooks, but I was actually at the opening night of the producers in Chicago, and Mel Brooks was there. Because uh. the show, or the the, uh, the play debuted in Chicago, and Ann Bancroft was there, and, uh, and Mel was there, Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick were starring in it. And it was their first ever performance of it in front of a, a, an audience. And it was mostly media people like me. But I, I, I just remember that that first act of the play oh, was so funny. It was so, it was so perfect. And, I, you know, I'm kind of a loud laugher. It's got yeah. like a, like a high pitched giggle. Yeah. And I was laughing so hard. I was crying and people in the row in front of us were turning around and laughing along with me laughing. Cause I was yeah. laughing so hard. It was perfect. It was yeah. the funniest thing I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Yeah. I, I, re I regretfully, I was not, I did not see it when it was in town. I mean, the producers is the perfect movie. Oh yeah. It's great. It's perfect. I mean, you you can just randomly pick a spot on the producers and watch it. You can. For, uh, I love the producers. Anyway, well, so Mel my story? Mel Brooks story. Um, so we had Mel Brooks on the show one time along with Carl Reiner, and they did a 2,000-year-old man bit. Uh, but again, that's also not the story I'm going to tell you about Mel Brooks. The, the story I want to tell you about Mel Brooks is one time about a year or two before we had him on the radio show, he was coming to town with... Carl Reiner. It was the year 2000, and Mel and Carl had decided to revive their 2,000-year-old man in the year 2000. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, and they were created. Remember that bit, the 2,000-year-old man? Right, right. Like, what toothpaste do you have? Right, yeah, exactly. Hilarious bit that they used to do at, uh, at cocktail parties. And then they, somebody said, you know, you guys should record this and put it out on an album. And they did, and it was a huge hit. Um, but anyway, they decided to revive it for the year 2000. And they came to Chicago at a fundraiser for the Jewish United Fund. Okay. So I read about this in Cup's column, and I thought, you know what? I got. I've got to go see this. I mean, Mel Brooks is my hero. I love Carl Reiner as well. You know, Carl Reiner, the creator of the Dick Van Dyke Dick Show. Van Dyke Show. Sure. Another yes. one of my heroes. And so I called the Jewish United Fund, and I said, you know, I'm from the radio station. Can I come and you know cover this as a media person? And they said yes, and I was the only one. Did they the ask only me where media your last person. name was by any chance? Uh, no, not. <laughs> Not until I got there, which is kind of what the, this is kind of the story. Yeah. So we get to the, the the Jewish United Fund dinner. It's just me and and going on a a weeknight during the when you're doing a morning show. That's full that's commitment, right? When that's you do something deal. at night, it, it's really hard. So I was really tired. I got there. I was the only media person there, and because of that, they introduced me to all the big stars that were there. Uh, Harold Ramis was yeah. there. Um, Ron Howard, Opie, yeah, sure. was there. Um, I forget who else, um, but I was seated right next to the publicity director for the G- Jewish United Fund, and she just started talking to me, and she was a huge fan of Landecker's show. Yeah. And anyway, she, we're having this chat about how much I love Carl Reiner and, and Mel Brooks, and, and I'm just gushing. And she goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just thought of something. I listened to John Landecker's show. Are you, are you Rick the German boy? (laughs) 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 I said, uh, yes, I am. She goes, I don't think you're going to like our presentation tonight. (laughs) And right after dinner, they showed a like a 15 minute film on Kristallnacht, you know, uh, which wasn't really one of the greatest days in my, uh, people's history. No. Uh, well, to further bring you down, you know, my mom lived, I don't know, like six blocks away from the Kufferson Dam yeah. in Germany. K-Dom. She was yeah. awoken by the, the, the night of the broken glass. The well, yeah, it was a horrible thing. It's terrible, terrible thing. I'm not, you know, I'm not pro-Nazi, for God's sake, you know. <laughs> well, of course. And I, of but course. I'm sitting there talking to her, and, and, and I, I start saying things that make me sound like a complete racist. Like, I, I actually said these words to her. I said, you know, um, my best friend is Jewish. <laughs> I <laughs> actually Klein? said that. No. Sheldon Rabinowitz, no. <laughs> <laughs> My God, it was a humiliating thing. It was really one of the worst nights of my life, and I felt like a complete jerk. But I will say that Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner were hilarious as the 2,000-year-old man. No, no, seriously, I love pastrami. I love pastrami. <laughs> oh, deli meat. Right, right. It's fantastic. Love, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really, I've never felt worse in my whole life. It's not their fault. You know, it's... And we discussed this previously. As a German, I'm just going to have to eat it for the rest of my life. Exactly. Right. It's, yeah, any German bashing, you're just like, yep. Yep. Can I have another? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And don't try to defend yourself by saying that you have Jewish friends because you really (laughs) sound like a racist. Uh, You know, I'm surprised that Landegger didn't go with you because he's a huge Mel Brooks fan. But he couldn't stay up. He could not stay up at night. 
So anyway, that is my Mel Brooks story. I have several others, though. If you want to toss it back into the uh, into the box there, I'll, I'll tell you the other Mel Sto- Brooks stories at another date. Actually, I have news for you. I just put them all back. In oh, do you really? <laughs> yeah. Figuring yeah. nobody will remember anyway? Yeah, exactly. What are the odds of a person listening twice? That's a good point. To find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check out EckhartsPress.com and ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. And if you'd like to reach us, you can drop us a line at MinutiaMenPodcast at gmail.com. And please do not send us requests for more septum checks because we're not doing them anymore. It's over. It's It's over. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with Opi Productions, distributed by Ed Silla from the Radio of Misfits Podcast Network, and tune in again next week for another episode of Manutriman. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Be sure to tell a friend about the Untitled Hour, which is available online. What's, wait, what's that? Via, be sure to tell a friend. Oh, okay. that's this show. That's okay, this show. Yeah, okay. Be sure to tell a friend about the Untitled Hour, which is available online via untitledhour.com. You can follow Untitled Hour. Do we, don't on, people can I know that if they've already, thing? if they're listening to this, don't they by definition no, no, no. know that? Be sure to tell a friend. <laughs> We can and you can follow Untitled Hour on Twitter, Instagram, Tinder, Tumblr, not Tinder. Oh, well, we should follow. We yeah. follow us on Tinder. Swipe uh, left or right, whichever one it is. Precisely. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. <laughs>